This past Sunday, we watched as Jesus descended from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem. And we reflected on moments where we might have been given an award, but at the same time, a new assignment. So it was with Jesus after he heard the tears on Palm Sunday, but then crossed the gate into Jerusalem and walked to the temple and saw money changers who, as he said, were making his house a den of robbers, and he threw them out. Yes, there was that award of crossing with fanfare into the holy city, but then came the assignment. Jesus faced of expressing God's displeasure with how human beings approached and treated that which was holy in our world. Last night, we celebrated Monday, Thursday, which was once called Sheer Thursday, as in to shear a lamb. And Luke's gospel invited us to name everything that distances us from Jesus' mandate to meet around a common table and to love each other and to shear away from our lives what must be sheared so we might live into the work, into our own assignment that God asks us to do as a disciple. Tonight we continue to follow Jesus from the Passover meal of last night into what is called Good Friday. Now scholars suggest that the source of that phrase, Good Friday, originates perhaps with the name God's Friday. That over time and through the years, God's Friday became Good Friday. And why is this God's Friday? Come, let us find out as we read from the Gospel of Mark. Come and let us worship.
Very early in the morning, the chief priests, with the elders, teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things, so again Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now, it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrection list who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd came and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified.
the soldiers led Jesus away into the palace that is the praetorium and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him.
certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me?
They are undoubtedly some of the most striking and poignant words found in the Bible. The moment when Jesus is on the cross and says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, those aren't words that that Jesus made up. They have a source and they have an origin. And that is Psalm 22, where we read these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? For I am scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. As COVID-19 began to spread, my mother-in-law, who was on vacation in Hawaii, began a conversation with her children in San Francisco and Austin and here in Grand Rapids. And the three of them convinced her it was in her best interest not to return to her retirement home in New Jersey, but to come and to stay here in Michigan. Now, my mother-in-law is not someone who enjoys sitting around with her feet up just waiting for something to happen. She celebrated, for example, her 80th birthday by visiting Antarctica. And now as days passed and it was clear she wasn't returning to New Jersey anytime soon, we couldn't offer her the challenge or thrill of a similar international experience. But what we could offer her adventurous spirit was an oven in desperate need of attention. An oven that embarrassingly had been neglected for years. Now, as you know, an oven can clean itself, but somehow our family had neglected to take advantage of that trick. And if you have a self-cleaning oven, then you know how it works, is it simply burns away everything in the oven. Once you push the, the button, the door locks tight so you can't scald yourself. And the heat then sears away all the debris that has collected over time. And so my mother-in-law pushed that button, and for five hours, smoke filled our home. But then it was done, and it was finished. That oven was clean. And reflecting on that moment this week, I remembered how Scripture strikingly aligns God with the presence of fire. As we read in Exodus, God appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Later, God appears to all the Israelites on Mount Sinai. We read, now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. Even Jesus draws from the image 
and reality of fire, when he teaches in the Gospel of Matthew, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, says John the Baptist. And the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament tersely declares, Our God is a consuming fire. Now we all know, yes, fire cooks our food, but it can also at times be frightening, destructive. As we think of the forest fires that occurred, for example, in California over the past few years, but fire also in the case of forest fires clears away old debris so that new life might emerge. Over the past six weeks, we have followed Jesus to Jerusalem, and no matter how many times we have observed Lent, it is still hard to make sense of what happened on this night. How can a painful death be good, even though that is its name? How can it be God's Friday if that is the source of its name? How do we make sense of a night and a God whose son draws from a psalm that reads, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All who see me mock me. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. And there are no easy answers to those three how questions. Some theologians offer it is on the cross that Jesus became an offering for our salvation as a, as a Passover lamb is also sacrificed to remind us that God led the Israelites out of captivity and into the promised land. Some suggest it was our hard human hearts and our closed Ears and our pride and our insecurity that ultimately led to Jesus dying on a cross. But in the Gospel of Mark, it appears the author, by including Jesus quoting Psalm 22, is perhaps also suggesting this that the pain that melted Jesus' heart like wax the crucible of anguish that burned in the hearts of those who stood watch as Jesus died, his mother, his friends, his disciples. From that, suggests the Gospel of Mark, from that pain, from from that sorrow, that anguish, something new would arise. For indeed, perhaps it can be said in, in the universe that God fashioned, the world that we call home. Sometimes fire must come so life can be born clean and born anew. That is God's truth. And that why perhaps this evening is called Good Friday. And why it is called God's Friday.
Amen. As the Spirit unites us tonight as one, I invite you to turn your heart to God in prayer with mine, and let us pray. O Lord, indeed you ask us 
Today to stand what? To be there as your son faced the ultimate test, the most profound of all sacrifices, and that is to do your will to fulfill the assignment that he had been given. And in many ways, O oh Lord, our hearts echo Jesus' voice. And we ask as well, why? Why, O oh Lord? And yet we know that this is not the end of the week. This is not the end of the story. Our story, the world's story. For there are events yet to unfold better days are ahead. And so we bring before you tonight in prayer what needs in our own lives to be tossed into the flame of redemption so new life might emerge. The debris of our lives that we have been carrying for too long, old patterns, Old fears, old regrets, old mistakes, all this, we know you invite us to place here at the cross. And help us to do that, we pray. For we know tonight's cross of pain will soon become the cross of hope. Help us to believe tomorrow will be better than today. Especially for all those tonight who are fearful. Those who are sick. Those who are grieving. And those who are standing in harm's way in light of COVID-19. And help us to know, we pray, as the sun sets tonight. What soon awaits us is a dawn beyond our imagining. Amen. Ah. Uh. 
Gospel of Mark appears to suggest within the pain that melted Jesus' heart like wax, in the crucible of anguish that burned in the hearts of those who knew and loved him. From that pain, that sorrow, that anguish, something new would arise, for indeed it can be said, in the universe God fashioned the world that we call home. Sometimes fire must come, so life can be born anew. That is God's truth, and that is why this evening is called Good Friday, God's Friday. And now, as you go out into this night, know the steadfast love of God surrounds you. The peace of Christ attends to you, and the Spirit will guide you this day and forevermore.